People of the world, hello and welcome to the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, where our purpose is a simple one. Tune into our weekly podcast each Friday, wherever you listen to your favorite programs or on this website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice as the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. To reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions, we're at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group of the same name, and if you care to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Also, stay tuned for details about our upcoming news and perspective show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. Hello out there and welcome once again to the Brothers Talk. I want to thank you for your continued support, not only for the podcast, but also for our relaunching Black Wall Street Nationwide initiative that's succeeding beyond all expectations, proving that we understand the economic power that we have as the Black community. Remember to keep spreading the word as our three groups on Facebook, relaunching Black Wall Street Nationwide, hashtag Black Dollars Matter, and the Brothers Talk now have over 3,000 members focused on using our dollars to bring about the change that we want because we know that in this nation, money talks. As we mentioned in the last few episodes, we've got another special guest for this week's installment who's right in line with that mission. But before we introduce him, once again, here's Scott and Norm. Hi, family. I hope you're having a safe and cautious weekend and, and enjoying your time with your family. And I hope you're out here spending your money with black businesses and making every attempt that you can to help us rebuild Black Wall Street by patronizing black businesses. So be cautious, be safe, and be smart. Thanks, Scott. Black on black love. That's all we have. Thanks, Rod. And we're pleased to welcome John Harmon, the CEO of the African-American Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey, the only accredited African-American chamber in the country, and he'll tell us more about that, as well as what they offer. John, welcome. Thanks for being here, and please tell us more about yourself and the organization as we dive into this week's topic. Well, thank you all, uh, Rod, Scott, Norman, for extending the opportunity to have this conversation. Uh, we founded the African-American Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey in 2007. Prior to that, I was a regional um, black chamber president and in the Trenton community. And um, so a little over 23 years in this business. Um, prior to that, I worked in banking in New York, a little stint in Philadelphia for about 10 years, ran my own transportation company for 16 years. But at the end of the day, it's all about positioning black businesses for success. Um, there's a tremendous opportunities in New Jersey and around this country in both the public and private sector. And I found do, during the course of my journey, it's all about being positioned, having the right relationships that leverage for mutual benefit. And you mentioned the accreditation. We're also involved with the National Black Chamber, where I served as the chairman of the board for just under two years, but I've been on on the board since 2001. Similarly, um, the U.S. Chamber Committee of 100 Executives since about the same time. And we recently, uh, well, it's been a little time now, but we received our accreditation. And so in New Jersey, we are the only accredited chamber out of the 140 plus chambers in this state, as well as the only black chamber that's accredited nationally. And the U.S. Chamber is the largest business federation in the world with over 7,000 members. And so at the end of the day, you know, you have to have credibility to be respected in the game. And um, as we encourage our businesses, you want to be best in class. 
You want to be a benchmark uh, with your peers. And so we're proud of that distinction. And um, but we, we don't rest on our laws. We continue to stay focused and continue to try to sharpen our, our pencils every day to be the best and brightest we can in this particular business. But what, what, what does being accredited mean? That means that they've gone under the hood. Um, they've looked at our financials, our audited financials. They look at our policies and procedures. They look at our programs. They look at our boards, uh, minutes. And so there are certain uh, checklists of items that you have to present. And, and there's a panel of um, chamber executives who, who um, have experience in running chambers of commerce. And you have to um, submit a lot of information. And it's, I will tell you, it's, very, it's thoroughly reviewed. And if you don't make muster, they will let you know. But um, we were fortunate enough to respond accordingly and receive an accreditation. What, what comes with that to not being accredited? What, what's the benefit? Well, the benefit is that you are recognized with peer organizations uh, as an accredited organization. And um, when you talk to chamber executives, they, they will clearly recognize, just like walking up to someone that might be in the military, they have a few stripes on their shoulders. Uh, people in that industry knows that they've earned those stripes. And similarly for, for the Chamber of Commerce, um, I, at the end of my name, it has IOM. And it's an institution, uh, organizational management. So I, I attended a four-year program at Villanova to, to receive that uh, distinction, if you will, where we worked through, a, um, I think, 96 hours of classroom training in various subjects related to running a chamber effectively. And the same thing with um, having an accredited organization. Okay, so in other words, being a part of the African-American Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey carries with it a little heft that allows for a few more connections and a few more opportunities than some of the other chambers is what I'm hearing. Well, absolutely. You know, just just think about black businesses in general. And so we have as a, um, a membership organization that's looking for men and women to invest in our organization, they have to get some return on their investment, right? And so that means that as a leader of this organization, we need relationships with government at the highest level and the various government agencies, and similarly with corporations and financial institutions and also our colleagues in this industry because there's exchange of information, there's exchange of opportunities, there's exchange of resources, and people invest money to, to leverage those to meet uh, their business model. And so uh, kind of a 30,000-foot view, that's what you get for being a part of organizations like, like ours. There, there are some inherent benefits, and, and we can drill down a little more specific about that. At the end of the day, our people need to be connected with the access, with the resources and opportunities of traveling. And oftentimes, we're traveling both parallel on, on access, but there's no intersection. There's no exchange of value. And that's what we try to deliver for those who are part of the organization. We've been looking forward to your appearance to help address an ongoing subject involving Black business and Black customers. We know that in spite of the efforts of your organization and others like ours, that Black business is in an extremely precarious position, especially mm -hmm. due to the lack of financial resources and support from the current administration. But one of the things we're focused on is how do we continue to keep bridging the gap that exists between way too many Black businesses and Black customers? We've been far too ready to beat down our businesses on the one hand and far too open to delivering substandard treatment to customers who look like us on the other. 
And that threatens to undo the progress we're making before we can really let it even take hold. So what's your take on that, John? I think you, you raise a very um, real-time, sustained, systemic conversation, right? I think we just have to, in the context of this reset moment, we must acknowledge the fact that we need each other. Uh, we must have to, we have to figure out how to coexist and getting an understanding and appreciation of what it takes to run a successful business. And so many black businesses are undercapitalized. So that means that they cannot buy at scale and get costs down to a price point that might be online with some of the big box stores. So going in, they gotta, you got to understand that as a customer. But also, as the as the business owner, you must respect your customer and appreciate that word of mouth can either bless you or curse you. And so, a bad experience is going to live a lot longer than a good experience. And just understanding that just basic fact, the a little dose of kindness goes a long ways of keeping that relationship intact. And that has to happen on both sides. And, and we have to also understand uh, to under, have a better appreciation of what it takes to run a successful business. And our prices uh, sometimes are not going to be equal to uh, some of the, some of the larger players because we just don't have the wherewithal. But but there has to be reasonable. All right, you can't be gouging folks, right? But that smile and that extra people pay for good service and clean clean facilities, safe facilities. You know, it doesn't cost much to, to sweep in front of the place and sweep the aisles and make sure there's not dust flooded on the canned goods. Those little things go a long ways. And, um, but we, we just got to pause a little bit and, and respect each other and understand that there, there's a lot bigger enemy out there than us. You, you kind of touched on almost answered the question that I wanted, that I was going to ask. And the question was, you know, you've been in this game for a while. When you take a look at successful back businesses and the ones that fail other than being undercapitalized we know that that capital is a big issue a big problem for, for black businesses but what kind of advice would you give a person who's like new into business looking for some resources looking to black chamber of commerce what should they be looking for what kind of things to help them be successful as a so every successful business or every every business should start off with a plan Every successful business not only has a plan, but they monitor the plan and update the plan, right? Um, so that's sometimes folks have a good Thanksgiving dinner and they start to dream and, and they roll out and, <laughs> and think that dream is a business, right? It takes a little more to, to that. And, and, and this, in today's environment, there's so many free resources that are available to help you. The internet is a, is a godsend today, but the small business development centers across the across the state, which offer free technical assistance. So a business plan is is pretty much just answering five or six questions. You know, who are you? Uh, what are you selling? How do customers get to your product or service? Why does your product or service exist in the marketplace? You start answering those questions, uh, you start to get to the point where you realize that you're on to something. Or you're not. The, 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 the confirming factor is the numbers. The numbers don't lie. People lie to the numbers. So if you start to figure out what it costs to deliver your product or service, or if you're just selling slices of pizza, how much is the flour? How much is the tomato sauce? How much is the water? How much is the electric? How much is the gas? And you start getting those incremental costs 
and then you add on, you know, some profitability, uh, 100, 100 slices, 1,000 slices. Those numbers are going to tell you if you got a shot. What is your competition in the area? And I think in this current environment, what is going to uh, sink or swim businesses is pivoting. E-commerce, you know, the Amazons and the Walmarts, you know, when the internet came, it, it put a lot of newspapers out of business. Similarly, with this COVID environment, black business, for the most part, were closed 70 to 90 days. But if you had e-commerce, you could sell online. <laughs> and understanding that, that dynamic. So you got to be relevant in the marketplace no matter what you're selling. But it all starts with a plan. If you got a plan, I, I'll, I'll close with this on this question and we'll pivot to something else. If you have a plan and the plans tell you that this business is going to work and you test the plan objectively, nine times out of ten, it's going to work. Okay. Sometimes people don't take the time to put a business plan together, and, and that's where they get tripped up. So the other myth that uh, too many of us subscribe to is something else that I believe has its roots in the enslavement culture, which is that we cannot work together. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that was an effective message for the slave owners to keep us from getting together and rising up. But unfortunately, that old thinking has deep roots, so much so that in spite of the many examples of us working together, you can still hear our folks saying stuff like, you know, why can't black folks get along? Or that's why we can't get ahead. And the real unfortunate reality is that the people who get discouraged and don't try have seen the evidence to the contrary all around. So how does the chamber promote collaboration between black businesses? Well, I mean, that's an excellent question. I'm going to go back and make a historical reference and settle on how we do it. But one of the key ingredients to the success of the chamber is that the staff is bought into the vision. And we come to work every day with a genuine passion to contribute to the success of those men and women who've invested their blood, sweat, and tears in the enterprise. So it starts with a sense of optimism. <laughs> if you're coming, you know, eagles flying with eagles and buzzers hang out with dead people, right? You can't soar with stinking thinking, period, right? And you, 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 you talk about the relaunch of Black Wall Street, but Black Wall Street, in, in my opinion, was founded and sustained, it was fueled by disrespect. People didn't respect Black folks. They, they thought we were less than and, and forced us into a corner where we had to fend for ourselves and found out that we could do it rather successfully. Um, the, the Negro Baseball League was another example that we could do it rather successfully. So people can put negative thoughts in your mind uh, because they're, they're, they're plentiful in the environment. It's up to you to subscribe to it. And, and we cannot. Uh, Barack Obama is another example. Many of us grew up thinking that we could never have a black president. Uh, he was elected twice, right? Uh, so there's still some possibilities here, out here, but we got to believe in our heart and have the faith to go the distance. Because the frustration, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Nelson Mandela said that it was difficult in the beginning until it's done. Good point. Actually, I'm just taking all, you know, the information in, and a lot of things, you know, regarding black businesses, we've had Jones on that. And the one issue I do have is that, you know, you, you did put out the responsibility of the businesses to be clean and provide good service and have a good attitude. And as much as we try to support, and I can speak for myself, support our businesses, you know, you have to struggle through a lot of things. <laughs> you have to eat a lot when dealing with our businesses because Rod has said time and time again, you know, you can only do better when you know better. 
And and you have to have that in mind when you're dealing with with our our businesses sometimes. And and but sometimes it's a lot to lot to chew. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think it goes back to the point I was making earlier. Everyone has to have a certain degree of tolerance. Now we're not. We can't tolerate disrespect. We can't tolerate foolishness. We can't tolerate so some things. We just can't tolerate. But there's some times where we can pull someone to the side and have a, a quiet conversation. You know, and I evolved as well, just like most of us. I'm, I got a few gray hairs now, so I think probably a little different than I did 20 years ago. But um, someone told me years ago that you always got to leave a person with their dignity. And that might be hard to do sometimes. And in your own way, you know, I even find myself sometimes, if I go out of men's room traveling and I see paper towels all over the place. I pick them up because I think people may think I did it, right? It might sound a little ridiculous, but that's just something that I got to deal with as a person. Sometimes I carry a a little more of a bird because the perceptions, I want to make sure that that we're not viewed adversely as best I can. We got to set the example. We got to walk the extra mile. We got to make sure uh, we got opportunity to tip we got a black waiter, a black hostess or whatever, tip them. Tip them in a way that they probably weren't expecting you to tip them. And they look at you like, whoa, because we're all trying to push back on these adverse perceptions of who we are and who we represent. And sometimes, like you said, brother, if you know better, you got to do better. Now that we are a little more seasoned, we should know better. And sometimes we got to own some of this foolishness and try to convert some people on the spot. On the spot. Thank you very much, John, for your appearance and for the information about the African American Chamber of Commerce and to all of our listeners. Go check them out at the AACCNJ.com. John, I understand you do have a membership drive coming up, so can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, thank you. I'm telling you, I'm really enjoying this conversation here. You are some amazing guys, and and what we're talking about tonight is uh, is transformational. If if our listeners just would embrace it, we build America. We're still the best that America has, and, and we have to let people know that success is in our DNA. If you, every turn in our history is greatness, and, and you can let you can either construct your own narrative or you can allow people to create a narrative. But to your question, sir, um, August is Black Business Month, and. Um, we are showcasing um, a different webinar of, of black business er, um, every week of um, the month of August to showcase the breadth and depth of the talent that exists in various industries within our demographic. In addition, we're launching a membership drive. We're, we're trying to add an additional 250 members to the chamber. And I will tell you um, that the corporations have really been responding. Um, the banks have been responding. I've, I've been on the phones and the last the last two months have been exhausting. It's, it's every day, either with a, a CEO of a major corporation or a large company or some senior representative. And the conversations are substantive conversations. We're asking for four things. We're asking for them to work with the chamber to allow 
us to offer up black candidates for their board. We're asking them to work with the chamber to offer up black businesses for contract opportunities. Black employees, similarly, uh, we just launched a portal where we're looking for resumes for people who are looking for jobs because we're getting those inquiries now. We want to put young men and women and more seasoned folks out there for some opportunities. And then lastly, we're asking corporations and foundations and state government to put resources together that, that are focused and targeted around education, around job uh, workforce readiness, particularly for the people at the lower ends of the scale, ex-offenders, the underemployed people, and training small businesses. We want to have some resources targeted that they may make an impact um, for us and put us in a better place uh, from a social and economic perspective. That's what we're driving. Uh, we, we've turned the volume up significantly, and, and we're going to keep our pedal to the metal because this is this is not the time to retreat. We have a window of opportunity, here and we must seize it. Excellent. Well, we plan to join in that fight with you, so count us in. Thank you so much, gentlemen. And uh, now, just before we go, Norm has this week's positive black business story. Yes, thank you, Rod. My church band went. And so as a trustee of Ebenezer Baptist Church here in Englewood, we were in need of a van. So the trustee board got together and were trying to decide whether to purchase a new one or lease one or just have the old one repaired. So I went to the site on Facebook, a group in Facebook called, uh, I believe it's Relaunching Black Business, New Jersey. And I put a, a post out there regarding any black dealerships out there that may be able to, you know, give us a bid and some information on purchasing or leasing a new van. And I came across this company in Hawthorne, New Jersey, a black-owned leasing company. And the brother was just really cool. He knew of our church. As a matter of fact, he was a member of a church that, and he knew I pastor and everything. And he told me that another church was selling a, a van and that he would actually, on his time, go over, get all the information, take the pictures, write the report, and send it to me and wouldn't take any commission if we purchased the van. Wow. That's yeah. outstanding. I felt bad because I went to him because I wanted to give him the money. If anybody's going to get the money, yeah. you know, I want to keep it in our family. But he was nice enough to do all of that. Hey, that's a great story. And uh, again, just emphasize that there's plenty of opportunities to share stories about positive black business experiences. And that's it for another edition of The Brothers Talk. And remember to follow us at The Brothers Talk on Twitter. The Brothers Talk on Instagram and the Facebook group of the same name. And if you want to share your thoughts, comments, and questions in longer form, hit us up on Gmail, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Keep those stories coming. Keep the faith. Keep looking for good trouble, as the late, great John Lewis spoke of. And remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.